Hello, boxing fans around the world. Welcome once again to another episode of Talk and Fight. In this case, we're talking specifically about the Olympics to be happening in July, and more specifically, boxing. So, uh, I read some articles that were pretty disappointing on the weekend with respect to what the Japanese officials might be thinking with respect to possibly canceling the Olympics. Did you find out any more information on this uh, specifically? No, I mean, on that particular front, as you know, we, we reported the other day that they are still talking to both yeah. the vaccine minister as well as the prime minister and everyone else are saying that, yeah. yes, we may still have to make that decision to cancel the Olympic Games. The very next day, uh, the head of the uh, the head of the IOC, as well as the head of the Japanese Tokyo 2020 uh, committee came out and said, no, we are absolutely going forward with the games. Absolutely. There's nothing has changed on that front. So this is kind of a situation of the right doesn't know what the left's doing, so to speak. Uh, but at the same time, they're going to start floating this idea early just in case it does come down to it so that they can say, hey, we've been telling you this for a month now. Even as they say, no, we're going forward, we're going forward, we're going forward. They can plant this in the back of your mind. So when it, if it does happen, they can say, hey, guys, we've been telling you this is going to happen for months now. Yeah. So... There's really no news to uh, report on that particular front. So we're going to hope things just continue to keep plugging away on that as far as that goes. Yeah. We have seen the beginnings of the fallout, though, from the cancellation of the America's tournament, unfortunately. One of our own, someone that we've uh, talked about on the show here before, is in a bit of a rough spot as a result of that cancellation. So I thought we'd take a little bit of a look at that today. Canadian boxer Mandy Bujold has hit another huge roadblock in the Tokyo 2020 qualifying. Uh, and this one may be insurmountable. After a competitive year that was wiped out by COVID-19, the 11-time national flyweight champion from Kitchener, Ontario, uh, had hoped to fight her way into an Olympic berth at the America's Olympic qualifier scheduled in Buenos Aires next month. But amid my rising cases of the global pandemic in Argentina, the event was canceled on Thursday, and we covered that last Thursday. Bujold tweeted, to say that I'm heartbroken would be an understatement. So she recently sat down with uh, with a reporter from TSN, and they went through uh, a few things, uh, a few things there. So this, this is going to be peppered with a few quotes from man, just to give you an idea of what's going on here. So the 49 quota spots slated to be awarded at the event will now be allocated via the IOC Boxing Task Force ranking. Bujold doesn't currently have the ranking because she took a, she took time off to give birth. Her daughter Kate was born in the summer of 2018, and then the pandemic wiped out last season's schedule. Now, she did have three top podium finishes since her return from childbirth, but none of them were at events that contributed towards the selection rankings. So according to Bujold, she says, there were literally three events in the last 16 years that I didn't attend, and of course, those are those three events are being considered for ranking points. Hmm. But two, yeah, the two-time Pan American Games champion wasn't seated for the Olympic qualifier, but she says that she was confident that she would be able to fight her way to a top four and then qualify herself. Now she says of stating that now they're taking away the only opportunity that I have to actually be able to prove that, hey, I'm still here. I didn't go anywhere. That's the most frustrating part is not being able to actually prove and show all the work that you've been putting in, all the training camps, all the money, all the time. It's just unreal. The Continental Qualifiers, as we know, were originally scrapped last March due to the uh, pandemic. 
Now, Buja would have been the first female boxer for Canada to box at consecutive Olympics. And now, as some of you guys are going to remember, an illness derailed her dreams in 2016 at the Rio Games. Just hours before her quarterfinal loss to China's Ren Kankan, she was ill in hospital and on an IV drip. So uh, she ended up having to settle for fifth place in that tournament. And Bujol's now wondering about the fairness of an Olympics that will see some top some top athletes unable to qualify. And I think she's uh, thinking a little bit along your lines here, Graham, because I was parroting some of the stuff that I've heard you mention once or twice here. And she says, I understand that the organizing committee and everybody, they're all trying to deal with this as it's happening. So it's not like I'm trying to put blame on anyone. Adding, but if you're trying to create an Olympics and the Olympics is supposed to be the best of the best athletes, and now we're in a situation and we know that it's not just us. I think that, sorry, I think it is not just us. There are 35 sports still looking to qualify. You're not necessarily going to get the best of the best people. You're going to get the people who kind of happen to fall within the new criteria. So Bujold hadn't been monitoring the COVID-19 cases in Argentina or at home because, according to her, it just causes her to stress and worry, saying she's just trying to stay focused on what she's doing and maintaining her home gym, saying that's basically all she's done throughout this entire pandemic. As we know, both Argentina and Ontario are reeling in the pandemic's third wave after recording more than 52,000 new cases combined on Tuesday and Wednesday. Argentina has announced that it was closing schools and uh, implementing a new curfew in an effort to flatten its steep spike. Bujol says, "I feel like even the uncertainty of the I, sorry, I feel like even the uncertainty of the Olympics. How are they even going to be able to go and put this all together? I don't know. In my mind, I guess you just have to keep fighting. You got to keep pushing. And while there's an Olympics to push for." I still know that in the back of my mind, there's a chance that the Olympics will still get called off. Now, cancellation of the qualifier affects the entire Canadian boxing team. Uh, Bujo believes that just two women so far, Tamara Theobald and Miriam De Silva, are ranked high enough to earn quota spots under the new criteria. Now, Bujo, it should be noted here that Bujo has spoken to a lawyer who believes that she may have a discrimination case based on her maternity absence. And she is hoping that Boxing Canada, as well as the Canadian Olympic Committee, are willing to go to bat for her in perhaps persuading the IOC into rethinking its ranking criteria. Now, when asked, Boxing Canada did not respond for a request for a comment, though, unfortunately. It's been a rough year for Canadian boxers uh, that goes beyond the absence of just uh, this of, of competition. Back in February, Bujold, as well as 18 of her teammates, were all forced into isolation after the national team training in Montreal was cut short due to a, po uh, due to a positive COVID-19 test. So that's the first of the fallout, Graham, that we're seeing from this uh, cancelled... Uh, well, it's the first fallout we're seeing here at home, I should say, based on this new uh, qualification criteria for the Americas. So I'm just which, to Carl's time in here. Yeah, well, while, while you're reading that, uh, yeah. which is too bad because uh, I follow Mandy's Instagram posts uh, and I can't, like what she posts is actually her training schedule and her regimen. And I can't believe, A, how cre creative it is, but how mm -hmm. intense it is. So this woman is going hard day after day, uh, practicing uh, to be mm -hmm. as best as she can possibly be in order to compete at the highest of high levels when it comes to it. So I'm blown away by this. This is, uh, you know, there must be 
a ton of other athletes in the same scenario, I think. Well, it's putting her in the same kind of boat as some of her younger uh, competitors as well, who, although, you know, they may be absolutely in a position where they would qualify via tournament, they don't have those rankings stacked up over since 2017. But in her case, it's Matt Leave. Uh, but in other people's cases, it's just they were they were competing as a youth at the time. So they just they don't have the, that those rankings backing them up. And is it fair? No, absolutely not. Will we see Boxing Canada get involved over a single boxer trying to qualify for the Olympics under this new criteria? I think it's unlikely, unfortunately. I don't see them going to bat, and I don't see anything really changing on this. And all you're going to hear from the uh, IOC side of things is, guys, we're doing everything we can. We're just trying to get this thing off the ground, and we're just trying to get it going. So are they going to be reviewing case by case? I hope so, but I'm not optimistic. Uh, I would interject, no, they don't have to do it case by case. They can simply say uh, there's an amendment to our policy and or procedures with respect to women who may have taken off uh, uh, time for maternity leave, for example, uh, and and just take back uh, that period of time when they were eligible uh, to compete. And if they were eligible a year ago, then they should be eligible, eligible today. That's how I would feel common sense would dictate that, but of course, uh, being involved in huge organizations such as the Olympic Organizing Committee. Yeah, maybe it's not that uh, straightforward for them. But I mean, if I was a woman and I had taken time off to have a baby, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of women who would agree with me and say, yeah, absolutely. There should be a absolute clear-cut case where all women, if they've taken off maternity time, should be allowed to compete in the Olympics if they once qualified at an international ranking level. Yeah, without that. Or so you're suggesting opinion. that they take that they take that chunk of time that they were absent and they simply take that and look at the rankings from prior to 2017. So yes. make their rankings go back to 2016 is, is what you're saying. Well, in a nutshell, uh, let's mm -hmm. just say let's just say the gold medal winner of the 2016 Olympics in any event uh, uh, for some peculiar reason was disqualified due to COVID uh, because they were either uh, uh, taking time off for maternity or simply could not compete in any uh, sanctioned qualifying event uh, because of COVID again, uh, then yes, I would take that uh, time period away. It disappears. And if they qualify and they're still eligible and they still want to compete and, and therefore are deemed as a top ranked boxer or athlete, they should be allowed to compete. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Well, I think you should put that in an open letter and send it off to Boxing <laughs> Canada, the IOC, and uh, and the Boxing Task Force, and we'll see what we can't get some. Uh, we'll oh, throw it up on Change.org. We'll get some signatures behind this. One. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, right now I don't think I'm that much of an influencer, um, but that's my opinion, uh, and I'm pretty sure a kajillion women around the world would agree with me, if not men. But uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, you know, I think it's unfair uh, that a COVID has inter intervened in a, in a lot of people's lives. A big waste of time. Yep. Uh, but anyway, the point of the matter is, uh, women, if they've taken time off due to maternity leave, or any athlete who's been impacted negatively by COVID, should have their ranking reinstated uh, due to what was whether whether we positioned prior to COVID breaking out. Simple solution. I, again, I don't think it's that simple just based on the fact that, well, you're away 
no, nobody else's rankings have frozen. Everybody else is still moving up and down those rankings the whole time that you're away. So it's hard to say that you're just going to, okay, well, I was ranked fifth, let's say, in the world. I can just take a step out, and they should just reinsert me back at my previous ranking when I come back. That's, I mean, there, there's just too many moving parts to do something to do it that way. Okay, let's take another sport. Uh, I'm the governing body of Hockey Canada, and I want to field the best hockey uh, competitors on my hockey team. It's a subjective opinion. I'm going to invite 30 people based on not their rankings, but who I believe to be the best of the best. Surely, uh, Boxing Canada can take a look at who is currently the best boxers that Canada can supply to the Olympics and, and choose based on a valid opinion. Well, yeah, but the problem is, is Canada, we as a country, we as any National Olympic Committee aren't guaranteed any spots at the Olympics. So, yeah, we can say we're putting our best people forward, but those people still have to qualify. You know, Canada yeah, but, isn't given, you know, we, we get X amount of boxers, we get to send to the Olympics, so here are our best. We might get, we might try our best at all and get zero boxers at the Olympics. Okay, but in the absence of qualifying events, surely there must be another solution. All I'm saying is, is if Canada was entitled to send four boxers, I don't know, I don't know what the normal is, but... Uh, there must be some kind of averaging normal number. Where well, it makes that's, it my, that's my point is that there, there is no there is no entitled to send anything. There's 49 places for all of North and South America and Central America combined. They I, might I all go to South Americans, might all go to uh, North America. It's Okay, so all I'm saying is, is in the absence of uh, some kind of ranking system based on a qualifying event, surely common sense would dictate they can average this out and say based on who you've previously supplied to the Olympics, your current population base, your current weight in terms of boxing stature, uh, someone like Mandy, who is a top-ranked professional uh, amateur uh, in, in, in women's boxing, she should be entitled to go. In my humble opinion, I do. I, I I do hope they find a way to get her there. I just I'm not holding out on hope on this one. Is is all I'm saying. <laughs> right. Just, I I mean I I would love to see to see Mandy box at, at Tokyo, but I I just don't see it happening because I think there's too many moving parts for them to try to implement something the way that you're saying that they, it should go forward, and it's just not the way that they allocate because no country is is guaranteed if we start looking at just the size of the country how many boxers can you field things like that looking at population density and other other things to try to determine how many spots each country should get as opposed to the quotas for the americas then all of a sudden you see a, com a country like uh, cuba for example that traditionally does very well at the uh in boxing international boxing events has a very small population though so maybe they're only allowed to send one boxer now based on this this thing that you're proposing here as opposed to the us because they have hundreds of millions of people might be able to field 20 boxers now yeah so i yeah. so again it, it doesn't it, there's a lot of moving parts and i know that and you know mandy bujo made a great point you know these people are trying to put this together in real time yeah. as you know the government of our because it wasn't the ioc who said no nah, i don't think we're going to do this it was the government of argentina that said this can't go on we can't support these athletes coming in so that's why this was that's why this has been canceled the ioc has said it's too close to that tournament to in to be able to for us to either reschedule it or simply relocate it so and that's why we're moving on to this new system and we're still hoping that the european qualifier is going to go ahead for is going to go forward but given if the ioc had their way these guys would still be fighting in buenos aires in a couple of weeks time 
So it, it's all yes. about moving parts because it's 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 not one centralized uh, group of people making a decision. We have a centralized group of people reacting to outside influence is what we've got, and they can only do with you know they can only do what what they're allowed to do. So at the end of the day, the government of Argentina says nope. That's all they can do. And again, I and I know Florida would be happy to take on that one. On Orlando would be happy not only for the lift. I'm sure they would take the qualifier too, but. With less than four weeks to go before the actual tournament, too many moving parts to move that many. Remember, it was like 400 people or something like that. Or, no, sorry, it was 1,400 people uh, is once we got everything involved, with not just the fighters, but also judges, referees, officials, volunteers who were helping actually create that event. There was a lot of people there involved. It can't be that hard. I mean, those 1,400 people, seriously, those 1,400 people wouldn't care whether they're taking a flight to Buenos Aires or Orlando. And quite frankly, you know, Orlando is more than capable of accepting 1,400 people. That's a, that's a few plane loads in any given day uh, that arrive in any given hour uh, for those 1,400 people to go visit Disney World. So the 1,400 people have already had their roles assigned to them. They already know what their job is. So whether they're hopping on a plane to Buenos Aires or Orlando would not make a difference. So to say there's moving parts, yeah, there's moving parts. But to say that their roles would change, no, they wouldn't. Would they care well, the where those roles have changed, But you're going to take people from all over the globe and get every one of them a U.S. visa now with less than four weeks? Trickier. That's that. Trickier. Those are the type of moving parts that I'm talking about. It's not whether or not so and so sitting ringside to judge this bout or not. And it's not a. It, it's things like how do you get that many people U.S. visas? For you, or, for you or me, no problem. It's an it's an open border. No visas required. Oh, you you know just it's it's free free access to get down to a, a, an event like that. But if you're coming, let's say you're boxing for Venezuela. <laughs> let's say you, let's say you're boxing. Let's let's say let's say you're boxing. Let's say you're a Cuban boxer. So sorry. The reason I was laughing is because that last yeah. comment. Uh, no, the reason Orlando came up is because the mayor of Orlando months ago offered up Orlando to host the actual Olympics uh, when Japan was fluctuating uh, quite a few months ago. <laughs> so we we joked about it, and so we continue to joke about it. But it is uh, not necessarily a serious option. But I'm debating the point. I mean, to Christian's point about visas, could we not have it in a sovereign state where the sovereign state says? First of all, 1,400 people is not a hill of beans. We've got major hotels who can easily accept that number of people. Uh, and quite frankly, there are sovereign states right now accepting tourism uh, as a bona fide way of generating revenue for their sovereign state. So can they not accept 1,400 Olympic officials and athletes? Absolutely. And would those people do the exact same thing in X number of boxing rings? Yes, they would. Would it matter to them whether it's Buenos Aires or XYZ sovereign state? The answer is no, it wouldn't matter to them at all. So is there a solution? Sure, there is. Uh, are they being? Are they going to be able to implement that solution within within four weeks? Okay, the, the event is no longer being held in Buenos Aires. Uh, it's being held in the Cayman Islands. Okay. Book your ticket. Book your tickets. What's so hard about that? Again, it's moving parts. Right? It's logistics at this part, and that's what they, and that's what they said from from day one on this. And but you know, to your point, there are there are things that are happening in the world uh, right now. Let, 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 let's let's move on from this one just just a little bit. 
Because my, phone, my phone's going, my phone's going crazy right now. So go, go ahead. Which means you're upsetting people. Um, that's I why am. I always turn mine into airplane mode before we start talking. Keeps us keeps us good. Uh, Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn. Joshua Fury fight. They're this close to making an actual announcement. And Carl just brought this up a moment ago that if it goes ahead, that uh, Fury may not have his corner man with him who might be at the Olympics. Why? Because this fight is now due to take place, theoretically, on the 24th of July, which is the first day of Olympic competition. So, Eddie, and the only reason I'm bringing this up at all is because Eddie Hearn has come out and said that he believes that the Joshua Fury fight is a bigger event than the Olympic Games. Not just boxing at the Olympic, he believes that people that globally, that one fight is bigger than the Olympic Games altogether. So that's why he has no problem with it being scheduled at the same time as the Olympics. Figures that they'll still make a ton on pay-per-view. Figures the broadcast money's still going to be there. Now, what he's not saying is that, because he's just he, he's posturing, what he's not saying is, oh, yeah, I mean, it's also going to take place in uh, Saudi Arabia, and it'll be the middle of the night uh, during it for Tokyo. So there will be no Olympic Games going on at the time. He's not saying any of it. He's just saying, no, absolutely, we're bigger than the Olympics. Oh, people are going to watch. People aren't going to watch. Uh, the Olympics are going to watch us. There's no Olympics on for them to watch because it's going to be like four in the morning. Because I think the idea is to have the fight scheduled for uh, prime time, uh, either middle of the afternoon GMT or uh, or prime time, whatever wherever it is they end up actually doing it. But Saudi, it'll be middle of the afternoon for uh, GMT. I'd have to guess just based on prime time there. So not entirely sure how that's going to look, but uh, Eddie Hearn seems to think that. That's what we're all going to be doing is watching uh, Joshua Fury as opposed to the Olympics, as opposed to them just not being on. But I'm just happy to hear that, A, hopefully we're two events that I'm looking forward to, and I'm hoping both of them go forward. And as usual, we're waiting on an announcement on both of them every day. To your earlier point and moving along from there, though, there are things that are happening in the world. Okay. The AIBA World Men's and Women's Youth Championships are actually currently being uh, held. The 52-Nation International Tournament is actually the first major, and this is why this is important, it's the first major competition under the new AIBA president, Umar Kremlev, who was elected as the leader of the Embattled Federation just back in December of 2020. And additionally, uh, Olympic champion Istvan Kovac uh, recently stepped in as Secretary General on March 22nd. You guys will know this because we've covered this on the show. Now, this is as the AIBA tries to stabilize its government under a close watch of the IOC, which suspended the Federation back in May of 2019. Again, you guys all know this. The two-week youth championships, formerly called the Cadet World Championships, and were first contested in 1979, are being staged in Poland for the first time. And the event is being held at the Halle Legionov Sports Complex with more than 400 boxers entering the ring and with medals at stake in an equal 10 weight divisions for both men and women. So that's another actual good point that's uh, coming up here is that they've actually expanded the women's weight classes to match the number of men's weight classes in this as well. So we're seeing it happen, you know, at the youth level now. So hopefully we're going to see these expanded weight classes move up through the uh, amateur ranks till we start seeing them at the Olympic level as well. 
Now, Kremlov opened the event at a grand ceremony without spectators and with limited guests due to COVID-19 safety measures, like everywhere else. Uh, in the AIBA's bid to ensure integrity in refereeing and judging while being more transparent, its formalized bout review procedure introduced at the senior level in 2019 and live public scoring are being implemented for the first time at a major youth event. Now, this is important. I want to just uh, get in a little bit into the details of what that is, just because this is going to be the same type of scoring you're going to be seeing. Uh, you still, you'll now be seeing at all AIBA events as well as getting into uh, Olympic scoring as well. So, regarding the live scoring procedures, scores from each round by each judge will be publicly displayed after the first two rounds. Additionally, at the end of round three, the final scores will be publicly displayed after the official announcement of results. In terms of the bout review process, the team manager or head coach of the losing boxer was going to have 15 minutes after the decision is announced in order to submit their protest and then complete the paperwork for it over the next 30 minutes. With five judges per match, the decision, any decision that's either scored 5-0 or 4-1, those aren't gonna be reviewable as the only possible option would still be a split decision of 3-2. Uh, that's explained by an AIBA statement. So it's either, it already has to be a split decision in order for you to be able to actually challenge this because otherwise you can challenge, there's gonna be no difference anyway. If, if the technical delegate determines that consulting the bout review jury after consulting the bout review let's try that in english if the technical delegate determines after consulting the bout review jury that the protest should be allowed to proceed the bout will be reviewed at that time by the jury the observer the referee evaluator and the judge evaluator evaluator the, ju the jury's decision must be unanimous and that decision will be final so the new secretary general kovach said that he's looking forward to uh, cooperation with Kremlev to get the AIBA ship back on course, stating, AIBA is undergoing a period of global reforms. All of them are necessary for boxing to develop as a sport loved by millions of people around the globe, so that our athletes and coaches show the best results in international competitions at all levels. I see the new AIBA leadership as headed in the right direction and is committed to working with a full dedication to support and reinforce this course of positive change. Now, in December, positive, uh, prior to winning the AIBA presidency, Kremlev told uh, Around the Rings, uh, which is a great website if you're looking for information on boxing to general boxing news, the biggest challenge for AIBA is to compete all tasks to bring the AIA, AIBA back to the Olympic family in time for Paris 2024. So to your point, Graham, and the reason why this is major tournaments are still happening. So why, you know, big one to happen actually, no, I know we joked around, this just popped in my head, no, we were joking about uh, Orlando just now, Shreveport. Shreveport just had the U.S. Nationals. They just, just finished hosting a large-scale boxing event and would probably be in a position to do that. Again, moving parts, U.S. visas are not exactly uh, easy to come by depending on where it is you're coming from, but it just popped by Shreveport would be a perfect place to move that to. But large-scale events are still happening around the world. Boxing is still happening around the world. But, you know, dealing with a bit of disappointment today on an Olympic level for some of our local athletes, Graham. Yes, we are indeed. That's too bad. Um, 
I see uh, Mike Orr is chiming in on this one as well. Um, knuckle up. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's it then. We've covered everything newsworthy with respect to the Olympics from Canada to Shreveport to Eddie Hearn. All, all matters. <laughs> Wembley, another location. Okay. Well, you know, and Carl over at Last Bell Boxing is suggesting Wembley for another location. It's already been moved once from the Copper Box, uh, the European Championship, and you guys couldn't reschedule the European Championships <laughs> for, for London at the Copper Box, and now have to be held in Paris. So I don't see the America's qualifier happening in Europe to begin with, but especially not in a city that couldn't even get the other qualifier off the ground. So... Forgive my skepticism on Wembley for that one. Shreveport. <laughs> That'd be my thought, just because they just came off the back of the U.S. Nationals. All right. All right. Thanks very much, Christian. Appreciate it. Uh, it's been a great discussion and uh, a lot of input from uh, viewers around the world, uh, which we've taken into consideration and tried to interject into this conversation, one of our more lively ones of recent uh, months. Uh, Hopefully this will continue. Hopefully it'll open up some eyes. Hopefully it'll generate some letters and emails and correspondence to those governing bodies who do have options, I believe, um, especially when uh, Mandy Bujol would be in fact an Olympic medal contender, uh, as are many of the fighters from around the world, including some from England. Uh, but having said that, uh, is that everything then today? That's what we've got on for today. And as the uh, as anything unfolds with the Mandy Bujol story, if we find out uh, if there's any success to her legal challenge or if Boxing Canada does issue a statement addressing this fact, uh, what's going on here, I will definitely let you guys know. All right. Thanks very much, Christian. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, good viewership, for all those great comments. Um, remember, like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and we'll see you tomorrow.